is there someone in your life who really deserves a sort of bad experience? The nice ex who still broke your heart. Marla, who stole your bagel from the communal fridge. Here at BadFirstDates.net, we want to help you take revenge on your ex, coworker, boss, or really anyone in your life who deserves an uncomfortable but maybe not completely brutal experience. BadFirstDates.net. Like escorts, but bad ones. Make sure that mediocre someone has a date so awkward, so uncomfortable, so questionable or rude that they wish they'd stayed in. BadFirstDates.net. For people who are kind of jerks, but maybe not totally. Welcome to the Epic Discussion Podcast, the only show on the internet where we talk about things we talk about in the order we talk about them. I'm Simon Peltier. I'm Adrian Schoen. And I'm Tom Zalatni. It's time, guys. Welcome. Welcome, Welcome. everybody. I'm so glad to have you, Aww. each of you. I was talking to the listeners, but also you, Adrian. I, I cherish these moments together, Simon. I really do. I feel like this <laughs> is too. like a highlight in my week. No, no, yeah, I totally. same, honestly, for real, real Z's, everything being, all else being equal, everything... Is I love this cards time. on the table, yeah. glass half full, full eyes, full mirror hearts. mirror on the wall. This is great. I mean, like <laughs> <laughs> the number of times I've stood on the edge of my roof and looked down and thought about just taking that final plunge uh, and just stopping and thinking, "Oh, I got the podcast today." Oh, that's nice. The number of times I've stood on a bridge over troubled water and thought about. <laughs> Doing a little Javert's suicide of my own. <laughs> <laughs> the number of times that I've walked over the overpass on my way here and looked at the cars and thought, "No, no, I'm good. I'm good here." Yeah. <laughs> what do we uh, say to the angel of death, Simon? I uh, not today. Not today. <laughs> yeah, I have that thought about once every four months. I get that. Yeah. 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 I, however, the other day I had a very it was it was a very bizarre experience where I was standing in the metro. And I was like pretty close to where the where the metro like, you know, vomits out of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the right word for that. And <laughs> spews. Um, and I just like I could see it coming, and I just had the like very neutral urge to walk off mm. the platform. Like it it wasn't like in a in a moment of desperation or yeah. sadness or anything. It was just like, oh, let's walk off. Let's walk up, and I would, yeah. and like I've never had had it this strong. Mm-hmm. Not that it would, not that I came close, but I just like just to be safe. I took steps backward, and then the metro spewed forth, <laughs> and I thought, "Cool, now I'm now I'm good." But it was, yeah. I've had that driving where you think like, "What if I just jerk the wheel real hard?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like a, well, I'm gonna do it. No. I just uh, that thought kind of jumps in. You're like, "Oh, yeah. that's awful." It's <laughs> it's a what if that like starts to lean toward I kind of wanna. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a morbid curiosity, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and yeah. it's uh, it, it was a little distressing. Yeah, the and metro. Then... I I tend to have this feeling of like, if I'm standing a little bit too close, 
is some random person going to just come and shove me off? And then I get panicked, and then I take a few steps back. <laughs> I, I've done this a couple times at uh, Lionel Gru, and there's a lot of people, and I need to get to the other end of the platform where I will walk <clears throat> on that yellow strip. Oh. Yeah. Where like what I always do this when I look at the little TV screens and it says the metro's not coming for another seven minutes mm. and I go I know I'm safe even if I fall off I'll have time to scramble to be confused and then come back off mm. but like yeah I've done that a couple times when there's just so many people and I don't feel like zigzagging where I just boop plop onto the little yellow thing on the edge and then walk and no one bothers me that's Danger Town man a bold man I live dangerously man I love Danger Town. <laughs> Danger Town is my favorite podcast by This American Life. <laughs> that absolutely is a fucking <laughs> This American Life podcast. S-Town is, is, is S-Town. Mm. Oh. S-Town. You know what else is a podcast by This American Life? Patreon.com slash up for discussion. You're not wrong. <laughs> Here at Up for Discussion, the very first thing we think about in the morning is how we are going to deliver relevant, heartfelt content to you, our loyal listeners. The next thing we think about is coffee, which fuels each and every episode. That's if true. If you'd like to buy us a coffee to give us a little more time to think about content, head over to patreon.com slash up for discussion, where you can pledge as much as the cost of a cup of coffee, a bag of coffee, a bushel of coffee. Really, any amount of coffee that you want. These coffees are getting... This, we're back to a reasonable length. We're reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teffer heard your complaints last week. <laughs> and she's adjusted accordingly. I love you, Teffer. <laughs> if you pledge as little as $1 a month to us on Patreon, you'll be joining the ranks of fine <laughs> folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Candace, Eric, Carlea, Thomas, George, and Alex. Ooh. And if you give at least $5 a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Adrian, who's the first topic coming from today? George who asks, what is the first thought you had this morning? How can I deliver relevant <laughs> content to my loyal listeners? I I can, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer first. Go for it. Uh, the first thought I had this morning is about the same thought I have most mornings, which is, excuse me. Shut the fuck up, Lupin. <laughs> Lupin's my cat. He and he is, he is a very hungry boy in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm currently trying to train him to... Uh, to understand that when he meows, I will not give him food so that he Mm. stops meowing and I will just give it to him when I'm in the mood. Yeah, I have one of those and he is a a little black hole of of (laughs) hatred and he just, he has the most grating meow and he does it all the time. Can you you give us a... (laughs) Oh, wow. It's a bad cat. Oh, he's (laughs) horrific. Uh, Yeah. And he often mm. wants to be fed in the morning. But I don't think in words until at least an hour after I'm, I've am i been mm. awake. Uh, it's really just kind of a, a miasma of of foggy, disconnected uh, feelings and, and fragments of thoughts without actually narrating uh, like your own experience or having consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you were gonna put like a word to it, it would just be fuck but i mean (laughs) that is like a super legit first thing in the morning thought though yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i had a couple of thoughts this morning Mm. the first one i'm not going to (laughs) share the second was oh i need to upload the scrum now (laughs) Uh, and the third was that i started thinking about how like sometimes in life we are handed things by life that we don't think that we are ready for and if we spend more than five minutes thinking about it, we can envision, oftentimes anyway, we can envision a situation wherein we're actually ready for that. Mm. Mm. And like, 
that's an encouraging morning thought yeah of like ooh, that big thing let me think about like ways that i could make that like doable on a practical level mm-hmm. and mm. uh yeah there was a, a lovely um show that they used to do on pbs where it was like um there were houses of like different periods and so they had like a manor house and a 1940 house and stuff and one of like the most um just lovely things i've ever seen was in the 1940 house like the the family is like eating on rations and um the they're giving all their food to their kids because they they don't have enough for everybody and they have to do these like um bomb shelter drills and they play the sounds of the bombs dropping and um it's just really stressful and real for all of them and um the grandmother who like lives with them in the house uh for for the show she was very much like a working woman her whole life she never cooked she never did any of these things and they've got her like scrubbing this house and baking 24 7 and volunteering and and like just every minute of her day she's working hard and not sleeping and not getting any food and she she came out of it just feeling like the more you you do the more you can do Mm -hmm. the more you do the more you can do Say that again slowly. <laughs> Simon's got a little dagger. <laughs> huh. Interesting. <clears throat> so I, like, so like you build a resolve by pushing yourself. Like, I guess it's the same as like, you know, if you lift, I, I'm, I'm currently for the audience at home, <laughs> I'm miming, uh, some sick bicep curls. Mm. Uh, Those are, uh, have you ever done bicep curls? Because your miming <laughs> does not indicate to me that you have. I have done plenty of bicep curls. I just I'm at a weird angle right now. That's you true. Know, there's a table. There's a table in the that way. makes it awkward. Yeah, but like you know, you, you the more you the more you push yourself, you know, eventually your muscle hurts. But then the next time you try to do that same thing, mm-hmm. your muscles like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's like water finds its level, and um, you know, like it, a project often takes you as long as you have. So if you give somebody eight hours to do something, you can spend eight hours doing it. But if you have 30 minutes to do it, you will find a way to do it in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on like how you approach the the problem. Right. And I think the the more you actually commit yourself and, and stretch yourself to do more and more things, not that that's always a healthy thing to do, but um, I think you you surprise yourself how much you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For, the, for the past about six months, um, <clears throat> my roommate and I have been, have gone rock climbing, mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. And it was something that like my, my physiotherapist had recommended to me for my back and my shoulders. And it's, it's helped a lot. And one thing I noticed, uh, upon the first time I went, we did this like, uh, accreditation class. And the first time I climbed was, Oh, I am scared of heights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that was a little, that, that was a bit uh, distressing mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to go through that, but the I it, I realized like upon doing it doing it more that it's just it's a lack of confidence it's mm-hmm. not at all a lack of strength or of ability because when I boulder which is like the sort of shorter walls with the overhangs I like take a lot of risks I do these like very strange positions but that allow me to like like reach the points that I'm supposed to but as soon as I'm as I'm on the wall and I've got the harness and the rope and everything I like I just revert to mm-hmm. Like a lot of very beginner, like positions and making a lot of like kind of stupid mistakes and being really scared of doing risks. But Mm -hmm. the more I do it, like, and the more I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna put my foot here. I don't trust that it's gonna that it's gonna hold me, but I'm gonna try to do it anyway. And then once I push, I go, oh, 
that was actually pretty solid. Really? I held myself pretty well. And then the next time I get to a position like that, I go, okay, well, now I'm about 10% more confident. And that's still mm-hmm. kind of, this one's different, but you will see. And then I can do it. And like, yeah, so the more I've done it, the more like I've, I realize that I'm like, my ability exceeds my confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. find, um, cause that's a, a pretty physically demanding like it's really stretching what you can do mm. physically do you find yourself to be like really emotionally raw uh <laughs> when you're like pushed physically at that level mm. good question because i've seen that happen with um you know like i used to do a lot of trapeze stuff and and knew a lot of people in parkour and uh it's it's funny like when you see somebody at the end of their like physical um mm-hmm. you know like ability uh, the kind of frustration and defensiveness and like crying that happens <laughs> is, is yeah. really interesting. Like, I think uh, physical fitness instructors must just get like so much outpouring of emotion. Yeah, uh, I I haven't personally experienced that. I think mostly because I've <clears throat> not gotten to the point where I am physically incapable of doing it anymore. I just mm-hmm. psych myself out and then and then I drop. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I mean, I don't drop, but like, then I, I go down. Yeah. Well, maybe um, try just to have a little cry when you <laughs> Just let yourself weep a bit. <laughs> just cry as I'm trying to climb. Yeah, well, I can. Well, I can do that. Yeah, maybe. It's a crime. Well, that's a real word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see, I see it in my head, and the way it's spelled isn't. Yeah. But C- the way it's a crime and then cry. <laughs> uh, I probably would. I guess it depends on the crime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I feel like like something like I don't know, like like theft of money from like a company, mm-hmm. I would not cry about. Mm. Like I've if I went to a bank and like snuck in like an extra two hundred bucks into my wallet somehow, I wouldn't cry about that. Mm-hmm. But if I murdered someone, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, oh God, I just murdered someone." Yeah, I think if I did one of those like Mission Impossible, like where you have to go down the harness and you're crawling through vents and you got to do all those flips through the, the lasers and yeah, you're the, just really like the Captain Zeta Jones thing. Yeah, just like yeah, at yeah. the at the end of your physical ability, I think you go get that diamond and you weep a little and then you think about your mom. <laughs> and then you wonder how you're gonna get out. Yeah, and then you wonder about your mom. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. she's gonna <laughs> get out. <laughs> that's deep Uh, but yeah no i don't know i i've not experienced that kind of like Mm -hmm. other than frustration at the fact that i'm that i get so nervous Mm -hmm. and like i don't i don't know i haven't gotten to a point where i'm so physically exhausted that it becomes an emotional experience yeah well maybe if you find yourself tired and then you're like yelling at your instructor you'll be like maybe (laughs) maybe i'm just at my limit. <laughs> Maybe this is it. Maybe we'll call it a day. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like any time that I... Actually, yesterday, um, my back was hurting a lot because I had been carrying a bass around um, the previous morning, I guess. Like an instrument? Yeah. Or like yeah. a military bass. Like a whole military bass yeah, just yeah, on yeah. my back, you know? Okay. They really, they really rely on me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like I had my bass. Um, I almost never play bass, but uh, my buddy Zach paid me to play bass for a gig on Saturday. And Is this a guitar or like a double bass? No, like a, like a, a guitar, like an, okay. ele- an electric bass. Or a bass drum. Uh, not, not that. Or a bass saxophone. Bass clarinet. It's a bass player. <laughs> it was actually, you know, Avi from Pentatonix. I just strapped him mm, on my back. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. But no, um, yeah. And, and I think like the 
the way that the straps on my base case are like positioned don't quite work for me so they end up causing a lot of like tension in my shoulders um and that combined with some like tension in my legs and like lower back just Mm -hmm. made me feel like i was dying last night and Mm -hmm. uh i like i got like really emotional suddenly at one point (laughs) after like I had like leaned over to fold some laundry and on the way back up, my body was like, nope. And then my heart was like, no. <laughs> yeah, definitely like airports. I, I tend Ugh. to get like, just cause you're so exhausted and yeah. I just, um, and they say something about the altitude makes you cry uh, when you watch movies and stuff on a plane, which is probably why I cried. That's definitely minutes. bullshit. I, I think that's just like people watch movies and then they get emotional. And go, it's the altitude. I <laughs> don't think that I would have cried in the first five minutes of Superman had I not been on an airplane. Which um, Superman? Yeah, that's an important distinction to make. The, the Brendan Fraser. Yes. The Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Uh, Superman, which is I just. You know, like, really got me emotionally. But yeah, like there was Man of Steel. I I don't know the one the of recent, the ones. The recent one? No, the the older the one, one with Christopher Reeve. No, not that old. Oh, Superman! <laughs> Superman Returns. Maybe the one he's got a kid. What? I don't know. Uh, Superman based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. That's yeah, the one. It. Oprah really was pushing that one. <laughs> uh, but I was on like a tram and somebody just wailed me in the face with a briefcase what? and like my, you know, the little bone at the top of your nose like was cracking and I just like burst out in tears like wailing. Did you oh, sue the guy wow. uh, or know. at least take his briefcase as I, a punishment? I just cried and the gut off. I th- I'm sure he felt horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, like full on wailing like. Yeah, like a, a wow. much bigger reaction than I, I would have normally. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Was I, this during the Superman thing or was it a separate incident? Let's say it's all the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I I don't experience that in the in airports. I love airports. You airports are, are one a of robot. my one of my favorite places to be. No, because I get pure delight from being in airports. Oh, you have the opposite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like so I <laughs> this summer when I was flying back from Edmonton. Uh, I made a mistake when I booked my flight. Uh, my girlfriend and I were flying out on the same day. She was going to Halifax and I was coming back to Montreal. Her flight was at 7.30, which meant we had to be at the airport at about 6 a.m. <clears throat> and I, But I thought her flight was at 11, and so I booked my flight for 2 p.m. so that I'd have a little bit of time to hang around the airport, have, have a little bit of me time and whatever. So that meant that essentially I was at the airport from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Except that my flight got delayed, which meant that I was there till 3 p.m. And I had such a great time. (laughs) First off, the Edmonton airport is very lovely, at least the domestic part of it. Is that the one that has the fossils in the floor? Or is that the Calgary airport? Don't That's the Calgary Probably Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But no, the Edmonton one, it's, it's very, very large, sizable, and there's lots of shops Lots of really nice restaurants. There's a Chili's. That's not a nice restaurant, but there is a Chili's. I do like Chili's. Question. Chili's yeah. is great. Okay. I love Chili's. Yeah. Was I wasn't there because I, I was I was looking for a place to have like a proper breakfast, and it was either a, it was either Chili's, which was like all breakfast burritos and enchiladas and things, or the most proper breakfast, <laughs> or like some sports bar that was themed after the Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, so I ate there and I had like a full pancakes and bacon and sausage and ham and stuff. And it was so, wonderful. So instead of going to the most magical place on earth, Chili's, you went to a <laughs> restaurant with a racist sports name. Yes. 
<laughs> but that's a choice. I didn't want Mexican food for breakfast. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want salsa for breakfast Salsa's as the first good. as my first meal. You does, know, does Chili's really not also have like like a standard breakfast? Their plate? their menu didn't, and it smelled huh. like Mexican food in there. Yeah, so, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so like what I did when I was there was that I um, downloaded Netflix on my phone. And then picked up where I left off on uh, Master of None season two, mm. and then <clears throat> downloaded uh, so that I could watch offline uh, Lord of the Rings Extended Edition, <laughs> <laughs> and essentially spent all of my hours in the Edmonton airport just walking from gate, like sitting, picking a gate, sitting there, plugging my phone and watching Master of None, check periodically checking the download status, and then when I'd, I'd look up and go like, oh, there's 25 people around me. Unplug my phone, walk to the next gate, sit down, plug myself in, and just did that. And oh. then there was like a little brewery, or there was like a like a Belgian place that had like a bunch of beers that were paired with all these different meals and stuff. And I had a cheeseburger that was like all nice with blue cheese and like a Belgian beer that came in a chalice. And it was, I had such a lovely time. Okay. I'm going to, all right. I've, <laughs> I've, like, I've had enjoyable airport experiences. Yeah. Like if I have like a three hour layover, and like everything is on time and working well, uh, then I um, then I enjoy it. But yeah. I would not have enjoyed that. That sounds like too much. <laughs> that's <laughs> too long. Although, you know what I like to do in an airport? I, that's too strong of a word. What I do in an airport <laughs> is I, I go to the duty free where they have all the expensive like moisturizers. And then <sighs> I, I secretly like put a little in my hand and I look around like I'm a thief. And wait, like, so that none of the little helper people can f- see me do it. And then I rub it all over my face. And I, I feel like what it's like to be a rich person with really expensive lotion. Um, I, you just got your name put on a list. <laughs> <laughs> Topics of High Importance, a podcast where we get high and explore food, science, gaming, pop culture, and beyond. Filled with super tangents, forgetful flubs, and that awkward kind of tension that can only be produced by a married couple. Topics of high importance on the Upford Network. Join us, won't you? (laughs) Simon, do you want to read our second Patreon topic? Yeah, our second Patreon topic comes from Eric, who asks, Worst first date? So... We, we talked about this like a while back and there was a story I didn't um, tell for I, t- like the the Adrian story just keeps unraveling and unraveling. There's so many twists and turns and bumps and crevices and I like all of them. Please, please Buckle up. tell me more. Adrian is the roller coaster tycoon of people. <laughs> oh, I miss roller coaster tycoon. I want to play roller coaster tycoon now. So, yeah. So first, um, I'm going to preface this and say like calling it a date is a bit of a stretch. And uh, also I did not tell this story because uh, I I make some horrifically uh, bad judgments. Um, I'm so excited. (laughs) So when I was about uh, 16, you know, like AOL messenger was like a big stage. Yep. Uh, And for those of you who did not experience that, there weren't really that many people that you knew that were on Messenger. So it's not like Facebook Messenger where you like find your friends. It was like you go into these chat rooms and then you would just find strangers to talk to. ASL, baby. That's how my parents met. 
Age, sex, location, then you that's get it on. That's not how, but back in the 80s, that's how they met on, at Virginia Tech. So uh, there was some guy I was talking to, and like I said, it was about 16, and he was a little bit older, um, inappropriately so. Um, and we were talking about, like, you know, I was I did a lot of uh, illustration and comic books and stuff like that when, when I was a teenager, so we were chatting about that stuff, and he was kind of in the area, so, like, we set up to go get some coffee and uh we went to you know this like little cafe and like he shows up and he's like super weird dude right like uh, the type of dude who talks to 16 year old please girls describe on the him physically so like i would say like weird dudes that liked wrestling in the 90s it was very like tre chic to have like a ratty trench coat uh, um also the matrix was a really big thing i would describe it like if you could imagine, like, the musk of living in your parents' basement for 10 mm. years when the economy was good mm. uh, and people weren't forced into that. And so, he, like, he brought his sketchbook and he had, like, all these, like, weird drawings of, like, um, you know, people in animal skins, like, warrior stuff. And he, like, oh. flipping through. Like, the, I, he wasn't, like, all, like, there. This is someone who does not interact with people very much, right? Right, right. Like it's, yeah. The whole thing's like super... He's got a ponytail and a neck beard and very, yeah. very small glasses. And 100%. Still has Cheeto dust on his fingers. 100%. The, the glasses are just like, they're just they're, they're for show. They're not even big mm. enough to and, and they are so dirty. Like, you do not know how he can see through them because they're, they're yellowed. They're, with they're all actually them. Lego sunglasses. He <laughs> <laughs> just rests on the bridge of his nose. Yeah. So I... Yeah, yeah needless to say like this event doesn't you know like go go much further like we had coffee it was weird like took off but later on i find out so there was this volunteer at this like because uh, i went to this small lutheran school and this woman would um volunteer to work in our like lunchroom and stuff so i knew mm-hmm. like the school's super small like my class was like 16 to 20 people so mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody it's all parents of like the kids you grew up with so she it comes out in the news that she hired a guy to kill her husband, who was the fire marshal of what? of the town. Whoa. And that was the guy. What? <gasps> wait, wait, wait. Comic book guy was the, the fire marshal murderer? Yes. And I will tell you, I made this story up. <sighs> <laughs> Damn it, Adrian. <laughs> uh... But the thing about the hitman did actually happen in my grade school. <laughs> That's wild, though. But so the whole thing with the the, the weird dude with the animal skins. And none that? of that happened. But I I don't bake, and I don't have any more first bait, uh, date stories. And I didn't have any thoughts this morning, so mm-hmm. I thought I would bring you some of the magic. Well, thank you, Adrian. <laughs> we we all believed it. It was magical, <laughs> and I'm I'm upset. Yeah, and it was magical. It was you. It was a bit too close to home for 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 all of us to think you were lying. So good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think we all have learned something important about. Uh, trust (laughs) (laughs) and that's really what this podcast is about yeah which is don't that's the thing we learned about trust (laughs) which is don't trust yeah don't (laughs) what that's the thing we learned about trust today from adrian is just don't trust are you calling me a witch no oh oh which is don't trust i thought you were saying like like witches don't trust oh (laughs) no 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 which the thing we have learned is to not trust. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Put up some walls. Walls are good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah. It'd be critical. Yeah, just to don't climb up them because you get nervous. Yeah. And your hands get clammy, and that's not that's <laughs> those are not good hands to hold, go, grab onto things. Is when they're wet. Yeah. Not like wet hands. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Like that guy at the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> so was he a real dude? I, I, it is a conglomerate of people I have known. Okay, yeah, 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 fair enough. I figured when you said that that was a made-up story that all the elements of it were true and you just pieced them together <laughs> to make it more interesting. I did have some weird online inappropriate... There was a guy who was the chief editor of, of DC Comics. This is true. Stanley. Wow. No, Mar- <laughs> that would be Marvel. Uh, and Dominic I used- Corazon. <laughs> A lot of people think that DC Comics means Detective Comics, <laughs> but it's actually the dude's name. What? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make up the name Dominic Corus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't always know where those things come from, but you know what? You just lean into it. It just happens. It's just all lies this week. Uh, <laughs> wow. But I did used to chat with the, one of the editors, uh, uh, the executive editor of oh. DC Comics, and he sent me some very, very weird Christmas cards. And I was like way underage. I don't know why he was talking to me in retrospect. It was a very weird thing to do. But he had these like 1950s, like vintage mannequin children uh. that uh, he named Manny and Quinn, and he dressed them up in vintage <laughs> comic book uh, onesies. And then he would dress up as Santa, and then that was his Christmas card. No. There's a part of me that kind of thinks that's funny, <laughs> but then, but then there's another part of me that's like th- that paired with talking to underage people you've never met and then sending them the cards. That's weird. Yeah. Question. Yes. Were you openly underage? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then yes, that's super weird. Yeah. Yeah. But he was yeah. the man who actually turned down the Kevin Smith Superman script. Oh. He was like involved with like uh, Lois and Clark and like those things. Hmm. Mm. Is that the, the is that what you were watching when you cried, Lois and Clark? <laughs> yes. <laughs> God just, damn it, Dean Cain! You're just <laughs> such a beautiful man. <laughs> just sitting there watching footage of Kevin Smith finding out that his script has been turned down. <laughs> so emotional. I can't think of like bad first dates that I've been on. Like I can think of things make that like would make <laughs> a first date bad. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've been a bad first date to people. Mm. I the last Tinder date I ever went on was like a little while before Teffer and I got together, um, mm. but we were talking a lot at the time, just you know, as friends. And I basically was texting her through the entire date. Mm. Um, <laughs> but that girl was cool. The the Tinder girl, mm-hmm. she like worked for like a YouTube channel that did like. Um, kids animation like like where where it's people's hands playing with dolls and voiceover shit okay uh and she was very like confused about how she had gotten herself in that situation because <laughs> i i know someone who has that exact job right probably at that exact youtube channel yeah and feels the exact same way about oh it. i mean it, it sounded like it was like a whole network that yeah. had like a couple shows like that and a lot of talent booked for yeah them. It's a thing where like like they unbox a toy and then they play around with it and come up with little stories and whatever yeah. and wow. Yeah. And then kids just put it on repeat for hours and hours and you get shitloads of ad revenue. It's brilliant, really. It's oh it's for children. Mm-hmm. Or or like DC Comics uh uh CEOs, you know, who it's just for really that want- guy. <laughs> I'm waiting for his name to show up and like the Me Too <laughs> It was Donald Trump. <laughs> Dominic Corazon. 
<laughs> Dominic Corazon Trump. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think of. I've not been on that that many dates. Yeah, that's really. the thing. Like, I feel like I yeah. usually end up like with a person before we actually start going on. Yeah, dates, me too. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, that's how Claire and I kind of were. Like we. Yeah, it's just like we were together, and then it, I, we were like, "Oh yeah, I guess that was sort of a date." But we there was never a point when we were like, "Hey, do you want to go out?" Before we had established that we were together, right? You know, hmm. so like, yeah, I mean, I guess there there was a point in my life where I like, like invited a lot of like girls for like one on one dinners, but like without ever really saying it was a date, just be hmm. like, "Hey, do you want to go to this pub? It's really good. Let's hang hmm. out." And Usually it would it would end up like with us making out and it was a hundred percent me being super lonely and like not knowing how to deal with that and also not really acknowledging how lonely I was, mm-hmm. uh, which is really shitty and very terrible and I feel really bad about it for all those all those wonderful people, um, but I like I'm sure that I was like weird and like awkward. And I don't I like I, I think of myself back in like 2012, 2013. You know me, Tom. I, that was that was not living my best life at I that don't point. Think anyone was living their best life at that age. I mean, we were we were like 19. Yeah. Yeah. 18, that's, 19. that's a garbage age. Just, yeah. If you're 19 and you're listening to this, I am sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. Yeah. So it's here's the thing about that age. Right. Is that you're a shitty person, but you don't know you are. Mm. Right. And like it, it's not until like five-ish years later that you look back and you go, "Wow, <laughs> I was such a dick." Yep. Yeah, and and if if I try to, if if an older person tries to tell you, "Look, like you're 19 and you're 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 mature for a 19 year old, but you're still 19," the 19 year old is gonna be like, "Fuck you, no, I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? Age doesn't matter." And then five years later, you go, "Oh no, right, age totally does matter." Yeah. Yeah. Is yep. that the the Dunning Kruger effect? Where what? the the we're we are young baby boys. We don't know. What this is. <laughs> it's where uh, the more you know about something, um, well, the, okay. So the less you know about something, the more the better you think you are at it oh, because yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. know what you don't mm. know. Whereas if you are, are more experienced in something, you are more aware of what you don't know and will underestimate your your prowess. That I makes remember, sense. Yeah. I remember hearing a version of that. It was like the uh, Malcolm Gladwell explanation, like the four stages of learning anything. Yeah, well, he ripped that off from Dunkirk. <laughs> well, maybe, Dunkirk? Maybe, he, yes. maybe he expanded upon it after Christopher Nolan made an exceptional movie about it. <laughs> an hour and 43 minutes. I don't know. I mean, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's ears are still ringing. <laughs> it's like very aggressively loud movie. His, his heart still hasn't recovered. It still beats eight... D five beats faster than it should per minute. He's like, I that can't believe how good Chris Pratt is at acting. <laughs> <laughs> is Chris Pratt but in that? No. <laughs> John Krasinski. No. Um, Elijah Wood. No. Who the fuck is in Dunkirk? Uh, there's Kenneth Branagh. Oh, okay. Tom Hardy. Um, Tom Hardy is who I was thinking of. Oh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. yeah. No. You barely ever see his face, and yet he's incredible. He, that's that's his rep. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you don't see Tom Hardy's <laughs> that's face. True. And you also can't understand what he's saying because everything he says are or just you know muffled by gunshot sounds. Yeah, take yeah. control of your city. <laughs> but <laughs> but Malcolm Gladwell established these like four stages of of anything you ever learn. Like you go through these four stages. The first one is unconscious incompetence, where either you don't know that you're not good at it, or you or like you said, you don't know what it is you don't know. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is conscious incompetence, where you are aware of the ways in which you fail at this. 
and you're not necessarily certain how to fix them. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is conscious competence, where when you think about it and when you apply um, effort to it, you are successful at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe like still like not all the time, but you still are successful at it. But can you trust Malcolm Gladwell since he doesn't know that he stole that from me? <laughs> I, I, I don't know that he doesn't know that. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I'm sure he does. It's Malcolm Gladwell. Come I on. just want to throw some shade at Malcolm Gladwell just because fuck it. Because yeah. he's better than all of us. Is he? Uh, and then, he, the, and then the last stage is unconscious competence, where you don't need to think about it. You just you just do it. It's like mm. like walking, you know. Oh, like you don't I you think do, a lot, of <laughs> but like you don't need to like. Okay, bring your foot, put it here, and now bring it up, shift weight, foot here, and weight right. back. You know. You know what's cool about that though? There's an mm. Oliver Sacks book called "The Man Who Mistook His Wife as uh, for a Hat," and there is a right hemisphere brain uh, damage, uh, like. Um, uh, symptom where uh, you lose the ability to map your body. So when you like shut your eyes, you know where your arms are. You lose that. Whoa. So uh, these people just like fall down one day and then they have to relearn how to walk by watching their limbs move. And they say it's like trying to will a corpse forward. Ooh. So take care of your brain. So we're throwing shade at Malcolm Gladwell, but then we just blindly accept everything Oliver Sacks says. Yes. Fair enough. Yes, we do. Yeah. 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 Oliver Sacks has a very clear. Uh, a domain of expertise had a very yeah. clear <laughs> area of expertise or Malcolm glad, glad thanks just just kind of <laughs> thinks about stuff and then writes it down yeah he tends to be right but he does just kind of and yet he won't do about something about the hair hmm. i mean it's this, it's a thing now you know i, I saw him speak in an event once I was, uh, he's great I, I do like Malcolm gladwell but i was just like ah oh, he's really phoning this in <laughs> I feel like Malcolm Gladwell surprises me by how much younger he is than I expect him to mm. be. Like, I saw a photo of him for the first time ever mm. a couple months ago. A couple months ago? A couple months ago. We're all having trouble with addiction today, aren't we? I think if you <laughs> if you go back and listen to past episodes of this show, I am I am completely how I normally am. <laughs> Very consistent, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was surprised because he looks like he's in his like 40s, maybe 50s, but I thought he'd be like 80, 90. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oliver Sacks was. So maybe you're confusing. Or are you thinking, maybe you're confusing it with Noam Chomsky. I think I'm thinking about Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. The whole yeah. cast of Dunkirk. Dunkirk Corazon. <laughs> oh, Dunkirk Corazon also shocks me at how young he is. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Julian McKenzie, co-host of the Scrum Podcast, a sports show I'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime, Tristan Damore on the UpFord Network. Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Our final question for this episode comes from Twitter, at Grunman Candice, who is Candice, <laughs> one of our <laughs> Patreon supporters, uh, asks good brownies and how to make them. Okay, we need to talk about how you guys phrase your questions. <laughs> you can't, if, this is not a Google search. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that said, Candace, I would like to direct you to Google. Because <laughs> I think you will most likely find a more useful brownie recipe on there. But I'm yeah. interested to know what you guys think makes a good brownie. 
Like mm. I'm not saying let's let's describe our perfect recipe because Adrian, you don't bake, I don't bake, Simon, do you? Bake? I don't bake. We don't bake. I do occasion. I bake a couple things, but banana bread is my specialty. Mm. Mm. But yeah. I think we all have strong feelings about what a good brownie tastes Very. like. Yeah, I've I've never had this, but my thought is just put a shit little rum in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a pirate brownie. Yeah, I it, that Brarty. seems good to me. <laughs> it's a brighty. <laughs> You put an eye patch on. You sit down with your brownie <laughs> plate. Yar rum. You you serve it on a peg leg. Yeah. Yeah. Just just like teetering at the top of it. <laughs> it's like an aggressively <laughs> large toothpick. <laughs> and you cut it with a cutlass. Ooh. Just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah, very kind of uneven pieces. Stumble around drunk like Johnny Depp when you eat. <laughs> I do. I don't like brownies that are particularly rich, mostly because I don't like like um very dark chocolate mm. i kind of i max out at about 60 percent. oh like 60 and more is like that's too much i appreciate that like this is such a simon thing to know <laughs> to know the specific cocoa percentage that you're okay with in my defense i love that about you. <laughs> thank you in, in in my defense anyway uh my roommate <laughs> works at juliette chakra and has a lot of chocolate that he brings back a lot and so i've tried a fair amount of a large variety of chocolate and i feel like 60 is where it's like this is a bit much but i can do it with a large glass of milk but what i do like in in brownies is a variety of different kinds of chocolates mm. so you know when it's like sort of a, a pretty decent milk chocolate it's not super rich it's just nice but then you've got little things of like like milk chocolate darker milk chocolate white chocolate dark chocolate and it's all these chunks you know variety mm. and texture in it i think that's what i like maybe little walnuts oh yeah i get that having having like a variety of <laughs> yeah mm. I, i'm into yeah. that idea i like <laughs> my, my personal favorite brownie is the domino's Cookie, marbled cookie brownie the Domino's Coruscant <laughs> the, the um yeah you know you can, it's like one of two desserts Domino's has three desserts they got their Cinestics they got their chocolate lava cakes but then they have this thing that I feel like is criminally underrated mm. that's like a large half brownie half cookie like marbled mm. another one thing. another one and and they cut it into little squares and they're fucking buttery and perfect yeah yeah and, and i just i just want to gobble it up you about know? 978 calories per per square, square. yeah mm. yeah i've never had a domino's dessert you're missing out well because i could have chicken wings <laughs> why not both exactly they're not mutually because i could replace it with <clears throat> chicken wings <laughs> what you got to do is order on a monday here's a pro tip mm, for right. a guy who has ordered a lot of domino's <laughs> this time on mondays everything is half price what? Yump. Or maybe just the pizza? It might oh, just be the pizza. Maybe. I also get pan pizzas, and I don't think that applies. It is. Oh, it it does. It is applies. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wait, does does Domino's have a deep dish? It, it's a pan pizza. They specifically don't call it a, a deep dish, but yeah. it is a it is made Sounds in a dish. Gross. It's, it's very good. It's amazing. It it's is not like a deep dish pizza. Way how, better. How thick is it? It's thick. It's about an inch. It's like... It's nice. Yeah. I don't approve of this. Well, it's not a deep dish pizza. They yeah. don't call it that. No one claims it is. No. It's I just, still don't approve of it. <laughs> it's just a thick Pipe down, boy. Chicago. <laughs> Eventually, I want to go to Chicago with you and like eat 
the food you think is better than the food that's here. Yeah. So that I'm not saying it. that Montreal has bad food. I, I'm saying that well, Domino's is not a Montreal food, so it's really not even part <laughs> of the enough. discussion. I think <laughs> yeah. Montreal has amazing food uh, for the food that it does well. And there are just gaps in which it does not do those things. Yeah, you said you want it, you want the like grimy comfort food places. Yeah, I mean, mm. have you just... never been to a La Fleur or a La Belle Province? Province, Province, <laughs> Province. <laughs> I have been to a Belle Province. Yeah, um, Belle's Province. I mean, it's fine. It's just it's just a well, fast food diner. Like, yes. what, what am I? What am I missing? Isn't that what all those places you're talking about are? They're just no. Like, See, oh God, I feel so you... sorry for you. <laughs> oh my God, I don't need your pity, Adrian. <laughs> I need your recommendations. <laughs> okay. What do you, what do you, what is your, what do you want to see in the Montreal fast food scene? Well, like I, I was uh, explaining to somebody the other day uh, about um, the Wiener Circle in Chicago. I don't think we can talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> this is a family show. That's a club I was in in college. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a, a grimy hot dog stand that mo- uh, Michael Jordan's motor po- uh, cycle posse comes and gets into a fight. At 2 a.m. and everybody's yelling at each other. But you go in there and they have, you know, the, the poppy seed bun on there. And then you can get the double char dog, which is two two hot dogs. And they are burnt on the outside. So they're like, they got that caramelization, like that, mm-hmm. that crispiness on the outside. And then you got like pickles and relish and mustard and like all the good stuff. And it is just like a little unique piece of heaven on a little bun and they put it in your mouth. And it's not like the same generic garbage from everywhere else. It's like that place has its own because you could also go across town to the super dog where you're going to have an entirely different hot dog experience where it's going to be, you know, taut and it's going to snap in your mouth and it's going to have full pieces of, of green tomato on it and it's going to be sitting in a little little box cradled in its little bed of fries and it's just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing but it's an entirely different experience from the other place. Do I need to do my rant now? Because I feel like Adrian just did it. <laughs> I got to say, that was a magical description of two hot dogs. <laughs> that, that rant right there deserves a Nobel Prize of Literature, I think. Write it down and then you'll get it immediately. Move, move aside, Ellis Monroe. This, this episode is going to be titled, A Beautiful Description of Two Hot Dogs. <laughs> So what you're saying is you... It was the worst, <laughs> the, the, the best of sausage and the worst of sausage. So what you're saying is that you want more hot dogs in Montreal? No, I want I want something special mm, and garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I want special garbage. I get that. I get wanting special garbage. Yeah. Yeah. You had <clears throat> Bustan? Bustan is tight. Also, yeah. Bustan uh, has an NDG location now that delivers yeah. to my house, mm-hmm. and I've been ordering. <laughs> I, I've tried the Verdun one. I know we talked about this. I tried the Verdun one, and it's it's uh, loyal to its forefather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I like is that prior to Bustan starting to deliver to my house, the only Lebanese that I was getting was Basha, and mm. Basha, like... Oh, I think like, they just like don't spice their chicken at all. Once you've had Bustan, you cannot Can't go, go back. back to yeah. Basha. I well, and 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 Bustan like they they send you both garlic sauce and hummus by yes. default, whether you order meat or whether you order beef or chicken. Yes. Whereas Basha will only give you hummus with beef. And I'm like, I want hummus with my chicken. And they yeah. like marinate their chicken before <laughs> grilling it. Uh, who, who does? 
Uh, Bustan. Bustan, yeah. yeah, and and the the salad they send you is like a fucking coleslaw kind of yeah. thing that's so good and fantastic <laughs> instead of the stupid like lettuce with like sad pickled turnips. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Bustan a tomato. Great. <clears throat> yeah, I had basha back in like December because mm-hmm. I was doing my my driver's test, which I failed, uh, as does everybody. <laughs> uh, Join and, the club. <clears throat> and I got there like I had enough time to wait before my that like I just wandered around the little mall that in Longueuil. And the only place there was to eat that was like actually like meals was Basha, and I was eating it, and it was sad. It's it like, was very sad. It's not terrible. Like it can no. still hit the spot, but like it didn't though. I not anymore because I went to Concordia and I had Basha, or not Basha. I had Bustan once a week at least. You know, like like yeah. when I was when I was in a show, like Bustan is right across the street from the theater where we were doing mm. it. And so I'd have like any time I'd have a break, I would just go and get Bustan, and then you just eat it, and then everybody's got Bustan breath, and it's beautiful, <laughs> and everybody's Bustan napping right after. Like it's it's wonderful. Yep. Uh, for non-Montreal listeners, Bustan and Basha are both Lebanese chain restaurants. Yeah, they're uh, both shawarma and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're real good. Yeah. yeah. Amir yeah. is straight in the middle. Oh, right. Yeah. It's not Basha. But it's also not Bustan, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, to answer your question, Candace, yeah, the hot best dogs. the best brownies are hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'd say like a variety. That's my stance: is a variety of chocolates, mm-hmm. and then a variety of textures within it, and then a little bit of walnut. Walnut in a brownie is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can mm-hmm. I ask a, a meta question? Go for it. Why do you think people so often ask food questions? Mm. Do I we think, do we give any indication that we know about stuff like that? I think that mm. we've kind of like we haven't we don't bill ourselves as a foodie no. podcast, but I think no. that we've talked like we just had an adamant conversation about food for the past That's ten true. minutes and eighteen seconds, and like our audience knows that about us now, right? Yeah, well, I, I find that it's true in improv too. If you get an ask for. Uh, a lot of times people like you have to state the question so you don't get a food answer. So you're not yep. doing every scene in a pizzeria. Yeah. But it just seems like when people reach down to themselves with nothing else to, to get, not not that Candace didn't put uh, thought or, or force that I just it seems to be a reoccurring thing. And I wonder why people like first thing they grab for is food. Well, to be fair, I think. Um, I know Candace reasonably well, and I I think that she probably just had the munchies and was thinking about brownies, which is <laughs> and thought that Twitter was Google. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to tweet at us. <laughs> just I just want to make brownies. I just need a brownie recipe. Why Google? Why uh... God? Why did I have to wait like a month to hear back? <laughs> is she still high? That's a that's a pretty strong strain. I would be. Yeah. Um, the the food prompts and improv thing. Uh, I I did a show last night and uh, Kate was like kind of directing it. Kate mm. Bradley, you know you guys know Kate Bradley, right? Who? Kate, yeah. Kate, Kate Bradley. Who? Mm. Kate Bradley. She's named after Candace's baby. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Kate uh, was telling us before, like, okay, when you get your ask for, don't make it food based don't fucking make it food based do anything else and then of course i just couldn't think of anything except food based things <laughs> so i go up to get the ask for it for our group and i'm like hey like what's um what's something and i was definitely gonna say that you ate this week and i said <laughs> what's something exciting you did in the past week 
room was dead silent because no one at improv shows thinks that their lives are exciting. <laughs> They're like, this is the exciting thing I did this week. I came to your shitty improv show. <laughs> I would love for someone to say that. We go, I went to an improv show and then see you guys improv about improv. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, uh, that would be great. That would be wonderful. Vomit my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it already. <laughs> I feel like you can do a good improv scene about improv, but like it has to be maybe like thirty seconds and and nothing more. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah, it's just inevitably for people who are already in improv uh and no one else yeah uh and and then the people who are in improv are not enjoying it <laughs> yeah I, I feel like every improv sketch is kind of already about improv isn't it we're like like part of the fun of improv is that everyone knows that this is improv and everyone knows it no one knows where it's going yeah you know well and that's like, why you don't want to see a scene about people who are doing as who are doing improv yeah because <laughs> it's too much yeah. yeah. Whereas like 30 Rock, a TV show about TV shows mm. is fantastic. Yeah. But like it doesn't it doesn't work with improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's uh meta is hard. Yeah. To there's a number off. of plays about plays and there's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tried and true art form. I think it just yeah. has no place in the improv world. Yeah, fair enough. There are podcasts <laughs> about podcasts. There sure are. <laughs> books mm. about books, poems about poems. Is there a podcast about our podcast? Um, there should be the up for discussion discussion <laughs> where we just comment on the, the podcast as we're listening to it. The only one that they, they talk about the podcast in the order that they talk about it. The only other show where we talk about things those guys talked about earlier, but in an entirely oh, different order. Oh shit. They flip it around a they little flip bit. It. I want that now. Can you find people to do that and add it to the network? Yeah. Uh, anybody want to just hit me up? Let me know. I um, <laughs> dynamic banter did that for a little while. Uh, Mike Falzone and Steve Zaragoza's yeah. podcast, where um, Steve's roommate Owen and another guy would uh, do like a follow up episode in response to the episode <laughs> from that. <week. laughs> they called it talking banter. It was not as good, no. so they stopped doing it after a little while. Uh, you talking you two to me did that once where they had they did their own commentary track to the first episode that they did. So it's them talking over them talking. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you started tuning into Are You Talking R E M Re Me? Yeah, yeah. I, I did. <laughs> it's the same dumb bullshit. So it's so delightfully stupid. Hey, how is a good meal like an interesting person's brain? They're both rich and nourishing. True, but wrong answer. Uh, You can get a lot out of them. True again, but still not what I was getting at. Both look appetizing when plated up with an elegant garnish. Odd, but I I guess there's a lot of ways a brain is like a meal. But the most important similarity is that they're both things George Poppy digs into in his talk show podcast, Digging In. Up for Discussion is sponsored by Digging In, a show where host George Poppy, the smartest, hungriest podcaster on the planet, invites interesting guests over to enjoy a home-cooked meal while talking about their passions. It will make you laugh, cry, salivate, and wish you had both a tasty meal and a deep, complex mind. Check out Digging In, available on iTunes and Google Play. Digging In, for hungry bellies and hungry minds. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Yes, it does. Except we've got something <laughs> real important we need to do. Yes, we do. Uh, Simon, mm-hmm. you got you to... Gotta perk level on patreon right? yeah i do want to tell the folks about that well you know folks 
Gentle folks. Tell your folks specifically. Mom and dad. <laughs> Y'all don't listen to this show. You're pretty right too, I would say. <clears throat> but you know, if you give $10 a month to this show, to our Patreon at patreon.com slash up for discussion, I get to rant about anything you want. You give me a subject and I will rant for, was it two minutes? Two minutes. I've got a minute 50 here. I've, I rant for one minute and 50 seconds about the topic of your choice. And this week, we got a topic. Oh. Who's it from? It's from Kendallin, my arch nemesis. Mm. And what does she want you to rant about? She wants me to rant about aglets. All right. Here we go. So, Kendallin, when you when you told me that the, the, the topic was going to be aglets, my response, if you remember correctly, was WTF is an aglet. And then she told me to look it up. And I looked it up. And you know what it is? It's that little piece of plastic at the end of your shoelace. I did research. I did some research. I said that I would do at most minimal research. I did extensive research on aglets because I wanted to know is there something to aglets? There isn't. The only information you find about aglets is the Wikipedia page and then pages that paraphrase the Wikipedia page. And so you know what? I decided I'm going to be a little naughty. I'm going to be a little loose with the rules of this perk. All right. And rather than try to string together a bunch of arguments and not be able to hold a tight argument a tight case all right i'm going to talk about how stupid stupid a topic aglets is all right i'm going to be naughty and i'm going to rant about you so okay so i could t- i could talk about how aglet it comes from an uh, uh, a french word meaning needle i could talk about how it was invented basically because shoes started having eyelets which is basically a french word for small eyes <laughs> I could talk about Harvey Kennedy, who popularized the, the aglet in the 1790s and made $2.5 million in 1790s money. I could talk about all that, but I'm not going to do that, okay? Candace, because I see what you're trying to do. I think it was Kendallin. I, I said, I mean, Candlin, Candace, you're a very nice person. I have no problem with you. Kendallin, I see what you're trying to do. All right. You're trying to get me to talk about something that no one wants to hear about. So rather than try to shoehorn a subject that no one wants to hear about on this podcast for the sole purpose of making it difficult for me, I made my own subject. I pulled myself up from my bootstraps, kicked the dirt off, kicked the dirt off my shoes, and I'm going to end it there. You're a needle in my eye. That was extremely good timing. I am very <laughs> impressed. And also, mm-hmm. dear listeners, back up. All right. Try to listen to all the shoe puns I put in there because I put several. I got the the shoe. It was deliberate. It was very well polished. Oh, (laughs) nice shoe humor. (laughs) Schumer. Kendall and I gave you the heel. Kendall and I gave you Amy Schumer. (laughs) As remember, you can rate and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher. We're up to twenty Stitcher reviews right now, which is fucking wild. Nice. Didn't we have like two yesterday? We had two, uh, maybe like a week ago. <laughs> uh, so huge thank you to everybody who's been leaving reviews. You guys um, are wonderful. If you haven't left a review on either iTunes or Stitcher, go do it. We appreciate it, and it helps with visibility a lot. And it also just like, fuck, it was so encouraging. Like so mm-hmm. many of the reviews we got from people were really heartfelt and like mm-hmm. good. Yeah, they were really nice to read. Yeah, yeah. It makes us feel good about what we do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it makes when me feel stand- like this is worthwhile. When we stand on our rooftops and our bridges and our overpasses, you know, we think about those reviews. We think about those five stars that we see, those four and a half stars. Mm. One person left a four and a half star. <laughs> Straight up, one person gave us four stars or 4.5 stars. And I was like, I don't know who you are, but I'm going to come for you. <laughs> we think about those 4.5 stars and we think, that's why we do this. Yeah. Mm. It's to bring warmth to people's ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ear warmth. 
I I like to think of myself as an emotional earmuff. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh Just man. for you guys. You can subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. Uh, share this episode with a friend who you, you thought about this morning. <laughs> <laughs> or a friend you went on a bad first date with. Ooh, that'd be fun. Or yeah. a friend who doesn't exist. <laughs> I... I'm going to go ahead and, and give that a soft no. <laughs> <laughs> what you should do is get some brownies and hang mm. out with your best friend and make yeah. them listen with you. That sounds great and potentially really awkward. Yeah. Get some rum. Just just rum those brownies up. <laughs> get an eye patch. Run around and be some pirates. Yeah. Find brownies your, optional. Bury gold in like the that. brownies. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, potentially poison yourself with the gold. Gold nice. brownies, maybe. Mm-hmm. With like edible gold. Yeah. I'm just saying. Little X on it. Fancy schmancy. <laughs> gotta go find it. It'd be delicious. <laughs> uh, and you also gotta go find us on Twitter. The show is at Down With Talking and each of us individually. I'm at Tom Zalatni. I'm at No The Other Simon. I'm at Boxless Thoughts. Uh, does anyone have shows to plug this week? Yeah, everybody. March 1st to March 11th, Smackhead by We Are One Theater at the Freestanding Room. That's at the corner of Saint Laurent and Marianne, just above the bar, Darling. I've got a starring part and I'm really excited about it. And I'm, mm. I, I want everybody to come. Everybody who can, please come. If you can't come, uh, I get it. If you can come and choose not to, um, stop listening to the show. Aww. If you, Dominic, can't come. <laughs> Corcoran. Corazon. Corazon, that's it. If you guys know someone named Dominic Corazon, please invite him. Please, please pay for, for his plane yeah. ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will give him a comp ticket. Mm. All right. But seriously, come see Smackhead. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, I'll be in my apartment this week watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Ah. Uh, yeah, we moved on from Next Generation <laughs> Did you from finish last all week. of TNG in the past week? I watched most of them. You're, uh, I you're went, a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I went for all of the top rated ones and then mm. just kind of flipped around, like maybe followed the Q ones a little bit, maybe followed a few of the Riker stories. Now I'm on to DS9. Yeah. After that, it's Voyager. Maybe. Cool. And then after that, Enterprise. <laughs> i never gotten all the way through Enterprise. I've never started Enterprise. Mm. Wasn't there, wasn't there a re- oh, yeah, there's a, new, there's a new one now, right? Discovery. Discovery. Is it it's good? It's the tits. It's great. It, okay, good. Yeah. Cool. I wasn't sure what it's the tits meant. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, while Adrian's hanging out with Captain Ben Sisko, I'll be hanging out with the uh, writers of our theme song, Benson. Uh, Crackers and Jam have a show this Friday night. Uh, I'll put the link in the episode description because I don't remember all the details, but I'll be there and listeners of our show can get in for half price, which is Ooh. awesome. Uh, we want to give them a special thanks for letting us use the title track off their EP, Benson, as our theme music. You can find all their stuff for sale at crackersandjam.bandcamp.com. The show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, for the Upford Network. <clears throat> you can find out about all our great shows at upfordnetwork.com. That was so silky. Mm-hmm. That, little, that little cough right there. After I cleared that throat, my voice was just like, mm, yeah, we're and okay. Was yeah. Yeah. By me, Tom Zalatni. Yeah, I just came a little. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs>